0: Would you stand with me again this morning as we honor the reading of the wonderful word of the Lord. Today we're looking in the book of Titus, the book of Titus, uh, chapter number 3, and we're going to read verse number 7 as we began this morning. Titus, chapter number 3, and verse number 7. We're going to be reading from the New Living Translation. The Bible says, because of his grace, say his grace, Because of his grace, he declared us righteous and gave us confidence. Say, he gave us confidence. confidence. Because of his grace, he declared us righteous and gave us confidence that we will inherit eternal life. Father, I thank you one more time for your incredible, your infallible, your miraculous, your life-altering and life-changing words. Once again today, I pray that your word, Father, anointed by your Holy Spirit, God will do what needs to be done in this house today. Holy Spirit, would you show up today? Holy Spirit, would you do what I am unable to do? All of these things we ask in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. All of God's people said, praise the Lord. Lord. You may be reseated this morning. Well, today we're going to close out our series called Better Together. Say better together. Now, so far in this series, we've talked about care and community. See, it is my heart's desire to create an atmosphere of caring. That's what I want to happen. That's what I want to take place in this church, is I want to create an atmosphere of caring. I want every single person who calls this their church to feel loved. I want them to feel appreciated, and I want them to feel included. We have designed our C Group ministry to help us accomplish this heartfelt desire. Now, I would encourage you this morning, if you are not currently in a C Group, please see Pastor Landon, who is our C Group director. Well, in this series, we have also talked about our desire to care for our community, See, we want to make our presence known in our surrounding areas. I think we did a pretty good job of doing that last night. We want people in Arlington. We want people in Mansfield. We want people in Grand Prairie. We want people in Kennedale to know that the grace place is here for them. We want them to know that we are willing to roll up our sleeves and we are willing to get involved in these communities. Now, this past Sunday, we zeroed in on one particular area of need, and that is caring for orphans. See, see, because this is high on God's priority list, it will be high on ours. And I want to tell you, it's getting really close to home. This is really getting close to home because I want to announce to you that that this Thursday or Friday, Pastor Sean and Krista will embrace two new little guys into their home as foster parents. (laughs) Little boy Julian, six months old, and little Jeremiah, two years. Two little boys, two little guys. I prayed for one. I'm getting three <laughs> grandsons. Amen? Yes. Hallelujah. In this series, we've said over and over that we are better together. You see, alone and, and isolated, we're very ineffective. But together, united in a purpose, on the same page, everyone marching to the same drum, together, we can become a force to be reckoned with. How many believe that this morning? I believe that together we can become an effective team that simply cannot be stopped. Now, let me say that if you have missed any of the sermons in this series, I urge you to go online, I urge you to listen so so that you will be able to hear the heart of this pastor, so that you will be able to hear the heartbeat of this church. Let me tell you that we're not looking for spectators who sit on the sidelines and cheer. Or boo. (laughs) We're looking for people to roll up their sleeves. We're looking for people to join the team. Listen, hear me this morning. There's a spot for everybody on the team. Now, not everyone can be the quarterback, but everyone is needed somewhere on the team. We are better together. Well, I've entitled today's message, Together Forever. See, see, there's no sadder thought than to think about being together for life, but separated for eternity. I don't want us to just be together temporarily. I want us to be together forever. So I want to talk to you today about eternity. In our scripture for today, Paul writes to a young pastor named Titus. And Paul says to this young pastor, he says that because of God's grace, we have confidence in our salvation. I don't know about you, but I grew up not being very confident about my salvation. As a young boy and as a teenager, I went to sleep nearly every night worried and fearful that the Lord was going to come and I was going to be left behind. I didn't hear anything about being confident in salvation. In fact, those people that preached eternal security, oh, man, we were good to lambast them. But listen, listen, I don't, I don't believe in unconditional eternal security, but I don't believe in eternal insecurity either. Oh, because of God's grace, we have confidence in our salvation. Did you know you can be confident of your salvation? You don't have to wish, you don't have to hope, you don't have to think, but you can know that you know that you know that you're ready to go, that you're ready for heaven, that you're saved. You see, because of our faith in God's grace, we will inherit eternal life. Paul says we can be together forever. All right, let's talk a, a little bit about eternity today. Let, let, me, let me say two things about eternity. First of all, let me tell you that it is something to ponder. Eternity, it, it's something to ponder. There, there, there's absolutely no other subject that is more important, no other subject more serious than the subject of eternity. It's something to ponder, something to think long and hard about. First of all, I want us to consider the reality of it. Yeah, the reality of it. Hebrews 9 and 27 says, "For says, every person is destined to die. Destined to what? Every person is destined to die and after that comes the judgment. Eternity is real and eternity has no end. See, the Bible teaches that the moment a person's eyes close in death, the very next moment their eyes open... In eternity. The Bible teaches that there are only two possible destinations for us to reside in eternity. May I suggest, first of all, according to Scripture, that heaven is for saints. Heaven is for saints. Let's look in, in John chapter 14. Book of John, chapter 14, verse 1 through 6, the writing of Jesus. Jesus said, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. He's talking about heaven here. He says, In my Father's house are many mansions. Jesus said, If it were not so, I would have told you. And he says, I go to prepare a place for you. For who? I go to prepare a place for you and if I go and prepare a place for you I will come again and I will receive you to myself that where I am there you may be also and where I go you know and the way you know Thomas always doubting right Thomas said to him Lord Lord we do not know where you are going and how can we know the way. And Jesus gave him the answer. Jesus said to him, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. Heaven is for saints. See, I don't think we even have an inkling of an idea of just how awesome and just how incredible and just how mind-boggling heaven is actually going to be. First of all, there's the sights. The sights. Oh, the Bible says that eye has not seen and ear has not heard and and it's not even entered into the heart of man the things that God has prepared for them that love him. I don't know about you, but I've done a lot of traveling, and I've seen a lot of sights. I've seen a lot of beauty. I've seen the vastness of the ocean. I've seen the redwood, redwood forest, man. I've, I've seen the mountains. Oh, I've seen the lakes and the rivers and the valleys. I've seen so much beauty. I, I've seen a lot, but the Bible said that it hasn't even, eye has not seen and ears not heard. It's not even entered in the heart of man the things that God has prepared for them that love him. Can you imagine what heaven is going to be like? Can you imagine the sights? There's not only the sights, then there's the saints. Yeah, the saints, all of our family and friends who, who who were Christians when they died, they're going to be waiting at the pearly gates to welcome welcome us into heaven when we get there. Oh, is there someone that you loved? Is there someone that you were close to but they that they, they, they went on to be with the Lord before you? I'm telling you that, that when we get to heaven, we're going to be reunited. They're going to be waiting on us. We're going to be able to see them once again. Isn't it awesome what we're going to be able to enjoy as we enjoy the saints in heaven? There's not just the sights, and there's not just the saints, but best of all, the Savior. Oh, the Savior, Jesus. And let me tell you this morning, Jesus, Jesus will be the best part of heaven. The one that died for us, the one that saved us, the one that took, oh, the one that took our punishment for sin. Oh, can you imagine what it's going to be like when we get to be in the presence of our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ? Oh, I love the words to an old song. It's so old that many of you will not know it. Many of you will. Most in the second service will not remember it, but I love the words to an old song entitled, It Will Be Worth It All. How many remember that? Oh, the words go something like this. It will be worth it all when we see Jesus. Life's trials will seem so small when we see Christ. But the words that that I love best, and I believe some of the best words that have ever been written in a song, oh, and that is the words that follow, and the words say one glimpse of his dear face, all sorrow will Oh, listen, it's not going to take a million years. It's not going to take a thousand years. It's not going to take a hundred years. Listen, I'm going to tell you that one glimpse, one glimpse, just one glimpse of his dear face, all sorrow will erase. Oh, listen to me this morning, no matter what what life has held for you, listen, no matter what sorrow, no matter what pain, no matter what difficulty you've been called upon to endure, oh, I would tell you this morning that one glimpse just... Just one glimpse, just one glimpse of his dear face and all sorrow will erase. Oh, just one look into the eyes of our Savior. Listen, listen, it will nullify a million heartbreaks. It will nullify a million earthly disappointments. Oh, oh yes, my friends, yes, yes, heaven is real. And I promise you this morning, you don't want to miss it. I also have to tell you this morning, justice, heaven is for saints. Hell is for sinners. Hell is for sinners. Luke chapter 16. Luke chapter 16, verse 19 through 25. The Bible says here, There was a certain rich man who was clothed in purple and fine linen and fared sumptuously every day. There was a certain beggar named Lazarus, full of sores, who was laid at his gate, desiring to be fed with the crumbs that fell from the rich man's table. And Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores. And so it was that the beggar died and was carried by the angels to Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried. And he, being in torments in hell, he lifted up his eyes and saw Abraham afar off and Lazarus in his bosom. And he cried and he said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me and send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue because I am tormented in this flame. But Abraham said, Son, remember that in your lifetime you received your good things and likewise Lazarus evil things, but now he is comforted and you are tormented. Let me suggest two things about hell this morning. And yes, I'm preaching about hell this morning. Let me suggest, according to Scripture, that hell, it is a place of torture. The Bible describes it as a place of unrelenting fire. A place where people are literally on fire, but they never burn up. It's a place of unmatched pain and suffering. It is beyond description in physical torture. And may I say this morning that I cannot even wrap my little brain around it. I can't even fathom. I can't even imagine. And I will be honest with you and tell you I don't like to think about it. And I don't like to preach about it. But it's the word. We must preach the entire word, not pick and choose, not cherry pick. Had a man in my church years ago. Oh, I always knew when I was going to get a compliment from him, it was when I preached the ooey gooey stuff. <laughs> he would always come up to me after, I love it when you preach those kinds of messages. <laughs> Leave my toes alone, he was saying. <laughs> not only is hell a place of torture, I would suggest according to scripture, it's a place of terror. The only evil will be allowed into hell. Only evil. The devil, demons, and sinners. You know, people talk about how evil our world is, but I say this morning, can you even imagine, can you even imagine a place that is 100% void of anything good? Think about how wicked our world is, and yet there's a church on just about every corner. There's a saint that's praying night and day. Can you imagine if our world is as wicked as it is today with all the good influence that is in the world? Can you imagine a place where there is absolutely no good influence? It is 100% void of anything good. Not only this, can you imagine? Not only the physical torture, but also, can you imagine the emotional torture? In fact, in fact, I wonder if, why, if, but the um, emotional torture will be even worse than the physical torture. Oh, the emotional torture that will come when you realize there's no way out. I don't like to go to the dentist. How many do? I worry about those two that lifted their hand. <laughs> I grabbed that and I noticed that I'm squeezing hard. And then I said, come on, relax. It's just going to be a little bit. It's just going to be 15 minutes, 30 minutes, the most an hour. You're going to be out of here. You can do anything for a few, few minutes. But can you imagine when you get to hell and all of the torture that is going to be in hell and then all of a sudden you understand and you realize, hey, Amen. I'm not gripping the sides of the chair for 30 minutes or for an hour. I'm not going to endure this for a year or five years or a hundred, but I'm, I'm going to have to endure this torture forever. Can you imagine the torture? no way out no parole no getting out on a technicality no appeal no getting out for good behavior let me tell you friend the hell has no exit signs no relief of any kind, not so much, not so much as even a drop of water on your tongue. Oh, oh, my heart literally breaks when I allow myself to ponder the horrendous and how bad and how horrible it's going to be to be in hell. I don't want anybody to go. We're talking about eternity this morning, the reality of it. We better think long. We better think hard about it because it's going to happen. Something else we better ponder about eternity is, and that is the readiness for it. Here's a fact this morning eternity could start for you today. James 4 and 14 says, You do not know what will happen tomorrow, for what is your life? It is even like a mist. It appears for a little while, and then all of a sudden it's gone. See, nobody gets a death notice. The death angel doesn't text you and say, Hey, better get ready because I'm coming for you. Here's the facts this morning that is, somebody could pull out in front of your car on your way home today, and instantly your life could be over. You could discover a lump in your breast tomorrow in the shower. You can have a heart attack in your sleep and never wake up. Listen to me this morning. Eternity could start for you today. And in light of that, here's the most important question that you will ever answer. And the question is who or where will you spend eternity? Matthew 25 and 46, Jesus says sinners will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous will go into eternal life. Saints go to heaven, sinners go to hell. The question is, the question this morning for you is, are you a saint or are you a sinner? Are you saved or are you lost? Are you on your way to heaven or are you on your way to hell? Eternity, it's something to ponder. But I'd also suggest, number two, eternity, it's something to prepare for. Amos 4 and 12 says, prepare to meet your God. Let me suggest this this morning. That is, we must resist the temptation to procrastinate. Proverbs 27 and 1 says, do not boast about tomorrow because you do not know what a day might bring. See, everyone intends to do great things tomorrow. And the list is endless of the things that we have planned. For tomorrow. Yeah, I see. It tomorrow we're going on a diet. Better really, really party today, because tomorrow's diet day. We're gonna start a an exercise program. Tomorrow. We're gonna finish that degree. We're going to do it tomorrow. We're going to reconcile with an old friend or a family member. We're going to do it. It's on our agenda. It's on our to-do list. We're going to do it tomorrow. We're going to get our finances in order. Oh, Oh, we have incredible plans, and we're going to start. And for some, tomorrow, it's even in their plans to get saved. They've got a plan for salvation, but not today. But tomorrow, yes, yes, tomorrow I'll definitely do that. Oh, but be careful, be careful, friend. Don't boast about what you will do tomorrow. The wisdom writer said there might not even be a tomorrow for you. Eternity is far too serious of an issue to procrastinate. Here's the problem, that is, everyone thinks they have plenty of time. In the book of Acts, chapter 5, verse 1 through 11, it tells the story of Ananias and Sapphira. I should read that story just before tithe and offering. (laughs) The Bible says that, that, that this couple, this married couple, conspired together to trick the leadership of the church. And they developed a lie that they would both tell to the church. And this lie, they thought would make them look good, but cost them only a portion of what the truth would cost. The problem is a lie always costs you more in the long run than the truth. And both Ananias and Sapphira lost their lives that very day. I don't know about you, but I am totally sure when they kissed goodbye that morning, they never dreamed. They never dreamed it would be their last kiss. The last thing on their radar was that today would be their last day on earth. And I'm totally, totally sure that their actions would have been drastically altered if they, if they would have known the death angel was coming for them that very day. See, everybody thinks they have plenty of time. And most people plan to prepare someday. See, see, no one plans to go to hell. No one plans to have, oh, to leave this life and go into eternity unprepared. Acts chapter 24 and verse 25 says, "As Felix contemplated about righteousness and about temperance and about judgment to come, Felix trembled. As Paul presented the gospel to Felix, I believe that Felix was under conviction. The Holy Spirit convicted him, and he, and he trembled. He trembled, and he said to the apostle Paul, he said, go away for now. He said, when it is more convenient for me, I'm going to call you back. Here's what I've learned, and that is, when the Lord is dealing with us, we better do it while the Lord's dealing with us. He may not deal with us later. And scripture never records that Felix ever, ever called for Paul. I, I say no doubt Felix is probably in hell this very moment, totally regretting his decision to procrastinate. We must resist the temptation to procrastinate. And Let me suggest this, and that is we will reap what we have sown. Galatians 6, verse 7 and 8 says, Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A person reaps what they sow. It says, If you sow to please your flesh, you will from the flesh Reap destruction, but if you sow to please the Spirit, you will from the Spirit reap everlasting life. I do not know who it is this morning, but somebody needs to hear this this morning. And that is, you need to hear that you cannot play games with God. And someone is here this morning, you're playing games with God. You've been playing games with God. You, the Spirit of the Lord would say, you cannot play games with God. And you cannot fool God. Because he sees all and he knows all. And he knows what's in your heart. Oh, you can fool other people and you can even fool yourself but you cannot fool God. I believe God's calling somebody out today. He's calling somebody out today not because he is mean but because he loves you and because he doesn't want you to be lost for all of eternity. And let me talk to Those of you who are saved this morning, just because you are saved, that doesn't mean that eternity for you will be all it could be. We're saved by grace and grace alone, but we will be rewarded according to our works. And some of you, some of you will be lacking in this department because because even though you have been saved, you have done very little for God with your life. When I say that this morning, not not to be ugly, but to challenge you, to motivate you, to warn you that in heaven it's not going to be one size fits all. Eternity is something to prepare for. Not just our salvation, but but where we will fit in God's eternal kingdom. I want to make one last statement here this morning. And this, this statement applies to both the here and the now and also for eternity. And this is the statement this morning. If you are unhappy with your harvest, change the seeds you are planting. Some of you are unhappy with your life. You're unhappy with what is happening and taking place in your life. If you are unhappy with your harvest, then change the seeds that you are planting. If I could get some help on the platform this morning, please. The takeaway for this message today is this, because we are better together. We want to be together Forever. I would encourage you today to increase the odds by planting eternal seeds in the lives of those you love. Can I tell you something? I might get too close to home for somebody and I might get in trouble, but I've been in trouble before. I've made it 45 years. I can probably overcome some more. Let me tell you something that just tears at my heart and breaks my heart, and that is people that think they're raising their kids in church but they're not. Because the only time they're in church is when there's not something else going on. I'm not trying to be ugly or harsh. It's just, it just it's on my heart. It breaks my heart. And often I think they would never say, you know, that's more important than the house of God. But, but when they continue, when we're continually doing everything but coming to the house of God, we're telling our kids, The house of God is just a place to go and there's nowhere else to go. If you want to be together forever, if you want to be with your family forever, you better plant some eternal seeds in their heart. Not saying you're going to hell for missing a church, you know, for missing to do this or that every once in a while, but I'm talking about priorities. Just on my heart. Doesn't apply. Let it go, Father. I just pray that you'll take this word this morning. Oh God, eternity is going to be so long. It's real. Satan has convinced this generation today. There's no absolutes. The Bible is just a bunch of stories. Holy Spirit, would you do your work today? Do your work of convincing. Do your work of convicting. Do your work of drawing people to, to Christ today.